This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. What are your habits concerning prayer? Is it something you whisper whenever you face some fear or trial? Do you ritually pray, mostly at meals or at bedtime? Or is prayer an exercise in futility for you? Jesus had some very specific thoughts on prayer, and he shares them with us in today's program. Please stay with us for our message, Jesus, Teach Us to Pray. All of us are like little children looking up at the sky, wanting to connect with the God who made it all. But we aren't always certain of how to express our hearts or put into words our desire to be in a relationship with God. This week, Jesus, from Matthew's Gospel, teaches us how to pray. Even the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. So this week, that is our prayer. Won't you pray with me now? Lord Jesus Christ, you are our Master and our Lord. We look to you to enlighten our minds and open our hearts. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to express our hearts to God. Teach us how to connect to the Father's heart. And bless us as we learn. In Jesus' name, amen. The gospel we share today is recorded in Matthew 6, beginning with the fifth verse. Jesus said, When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
When I was a boy growing up in Belmond, Iowa, one of my best friends was Billy Walrod. Our yards connected to an alleyway between our houses and the block, and in the summertime we'd run barefoot every day, we'd swim at the pool, we'd play ball, we'd ride his go-kart, we'd have a blast. One morning, Billy was sleeping in, and I was impatient, so I picked up some pebbles and I started throwing it at his bedroom window. Billy didn't wake up, but his mother came out the door, and that's when the trouble started. A man named R.S. Thomas once said, Prayers are like gravel flung at the sky's window, hoping to attract the loved one's attention. Is that how you think about prayer? That we're flinging some words up there, hoping that there's someone who's listening who might answer us? You remember the gospel song, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Every one of us needs prayer. We need from heart to God's heart to connect in a relationship and believe that we're loved, that our lives matter, that we have purpose but we don't always know how to pray. We don't know what words to say. We don't know who God is in order to talk with him. No wonder the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus did that. He began by saying, Our Father. It's a beautiful acknowledgement that God is the source of all life, the designer of the beauty in which we live in this world, the designers of our physical bodies, is not only the source of life, but Jesus said he's our Father. In fact, in Galatians 4, it says that we have the spirit of adoption as his children, so we can call him Abba, Daddy, a term of endearment and affection and intimacy of relationship. The scripture says in John 1, as many as receive Jesus, to them God gives the power, the authority to become the children of God, who are born not of the will of blood or of man, but the will of God. Just think of it. You and I, by faith, are the children of God. And Jesus says we can call God our Father. Notice also that Jesus uses the plural pronoun, our. Whatever church family you belong to, the family of God is much bigger than your individual congregation. The denominations of every church body in America, yes, when on Sunday morning as a resurrection celebration, Christians all over the world celebrate and worship God in the name of Jesus, we are all 
the family of God. We all call God our Father. Whatever your vision of God's family, it's simply not big enough. My grandmother in Norwegian used to say, God has many strange children. And then she would turn to me, and in Norwegian she would say, You are a funny boy. God has many children in the family, and we need to be welcoming of all of them. So when we pray, we pray, Our Father. That means that in relation to our Father, our spiritual status might be in one of three categories. Perhaps we're prodigals, far from God and running from him. Or maybe we're like the older brother, doing things out of religious duty, but there is no love, doing things out of obligation, but there is no gratitude. But the third possibility is that we're fully aware of how blessed we are in a privilege to trust the God of all things as our dear Father. And we live in a sense of loyalty and joy because we know that we are his children through Jesus Christ. Then Jesus says that God is both our heavenly and holy Father. Heavenly, not so much by location, because God is everywhere present, but heavenly in that he is above us and distinguished from our earthly fathers. Dads and grandpas, when you on Father's Day put on that t-shirt that says, Best Dad in the World, no matter how good you are, you are not a perfect man. God is our heavenly Father. He is perfect. His love for us is unconditional, and he is not limited in his reach to come to where we are and provide for us and care for us. Oftentimes, I visit with men and women who grew up with a very unhealthy father in a difficult childhood, or perhaps their father abandoned them totally. It's good to remember that whatever the limits or difficulties of our earthly father, if it was a painful childhood, our heavenly father is perfect. He's the opposite in an ideal sense of a beautiful love dedicated to bless all his children. But Jesus also says that our Father is holy. He's set apart as totally different from any other being in all of reality. And God, therefore, is to be glorified in our lives. We are to live exalting his name, meaning to lift up his name and honor him with our lives. I think it's a good ethical filter when each day ends and you lay your head on the pillow to say, have I carried myself as a man, as a woman, in a way that has glorified the name of our Father in heaven? Jesus goes on to say that we can welcome God's kingdom and surrender to his will in this prayer.
One theologian years ago said, God will be God though all men be dead. In America, we have the privilege of voting in our political leaders, but we don't vote on whether God is king. You don't have the authority to determine whether God has the right to rule over all things as king. God is king, whether I acknowledge it or not. It was St. Augustine that said, God is reigning now, but just as a light is absent to those who refuse to open their eyes, so it is possible to refuse or reject God's rule. Luther said, God's kingdom indeed comes without our praying, but in this petition, we pray that God's kingdom would come for us and to us. In every heart there's a yearning for eternity. Thy kingdom come. One biblical scholar said, when we pray, thy kingdom come, it must also simultaneously mean, my kingdom go. We give up self-rule. Well, why would God have the right to reign as king? First, he created all things. And in the fall of humanity, recorded in the story of Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, we pulled God down from his rightful position to rule over all things. And I don't just blame Adam and Eve. I myself many times have asserted my independence of God in rebellion. And I, in this prayer, acknowledge the need to invite God to reign over me. Why does God have the right to rule? Because he sent Jesus, his son, to die on the cross and redeem us by his blood shed on the cross of Calvary. Why does God have the right to rule? Because Jesus, by the power of God, was resurrected from the dead. He, in his living state, forgives your sin. He redeems our life. He reconciles us into a relationship with himself. He has overcome even death and promises us that when we breathe our last in this world, we will live forever in his glorious presence. God has the right to reign over us. Indeed, thy kingdom come. It was St. Ignatius who said, Jesus Christ is the great physician, and went on to explain that when we pray for God's will to come in this world, we're really praying that by the power of Jesus Christ, there's a total reversal of all the negative effects of human rebellion and all of the brokenness because of sin in the world. When Jesus, when the fullness of his power, ushers in his kingdom and we surrender to his will, we become partners with God in bringing in the reign of God. So it is a kingdom of love that God gives to us, that we are a kingdom of forgiveness and reconciliation, and that we're a part of healing all things and restoring all things 
in the blessed name of the Lord Jesus. So give us this day our daily bread. This prayer acknowledges our dependency upon God as the provider of all things that we have. It stirs an attitude of gratitude. And notice again, Jesus uses the word our daily bread. Our big egos should not hoard things in selfish stinginess. We share our daily bread with others. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Every time we approach God the Father in prayer, we are prodigals asking for his forgiveness. Or like Jesus in his parable of the tax collector, we're in the corner of the temple, flat on our face, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So we swim in grace as we receive gladly God's unmerited favor, and that empowers us to give grace freely to all people that we meet. Forgiveness is the essential key to us being peacemakers in this world and deliver us from evil. The devil is clever, isn't he? And he's a deceiver. In this prayer, we ask God to awaken our spiritual eyes so that we have insight to see the true full consequences of every temptation that the devil would throw at us. We pray that we would keep vigilance in watching so that we would persevere in the battle of our spirit united with God's spirit against the flesh. But please remember, as you live your journey of faith every day, that we live from victory, not in order to gain victory. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. And the word says in 1 John 4, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I recently heard a story about a soldier serving in the army during the Civil War, and he received a telegram from home that they had tremendous problems and trouble. His camp was just outside Washington, D.C., so this soldier journeyed to the White House to see President Lincoln and hoped that he could ask for a leave from his service in the army to tend to the problems at home. When he came to the White House, however, he was told in no uncertain terms, no, the president is too busy to, to visit with you. No, you're not going to see the president today. Despondent and miserable and sad, he sat down on a bench on the White House lawn. And after a few minutes, a young boy sat down on the bench beside him. What's the matter, mister, he said. Well, I need to see President Lincoln, but I'm not going to be able to today. The boy thought a minute and he said, come with me, mister. 
and he led him not to the front door of the White House, but to the back door of the White House. And when the boy led the man into the house, the staff of the White House straightened up and addressed the young man with formality and respect. The little boy journeyed through the White House until he came to the president's office. He didn't knock. He just opened the door and came right in and said, Hey, Dad, there's a man here who needs to talk to you. We thank God that he has sent Jesus, his son. And in the name of Jesus, God gives us access to his very presence in prayer. We can pray with confidence, just as Jesus has said, and God will hear us. Keep praying. God hears you. Amen. Our dear Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to us, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and being raised from the dead, and that you have made a way for us to have access to talk to God the Father any time in your name. May we all hear your Spirit call us to enjoy the privilege of prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. Hear this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been worshiping with the Internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray the message and music have blessed your life and you feel led to boldly approach God's throne of grace in prayer with your petitions and thanksgivings. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of those who have been helped by its message and want to join in our mission to reach others with the good news of the gospel. We are especially grateful for our gift every month, GEM Club members. For your convenience, we are able to take Visa, MasterCard, and Discover donations by phone, mail, or on our secure website. Your support allows us to deliver biblical truths to those who cannot attend church and others who desire to hear the Word of God. Audio and printed versions of today's service can be found on our website. Visit us anytime at christiancrusaders.org. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Or you can call us toll-free at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting the program was our associate speaker, Rev. Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa. Christian Crusaders is now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting. 